Hallelujah. God is good, amen? The first thing I want to say is, just in case you need to know, or in case you wondered or whatever, but my, if my wife is up doing announcements and she's taking a little bit extra time and she says to me, is this okay? It's not because I have such a rain on things that, she, that she's looking to me for approval, that kind of approval. And I want you to understand that it's not, a, it's not a, like if she feels you know, that she needs to say something that she can't say it, praise the Lord. Because obviously even, even people in the pulpit for announcements, if they're chosen to do that, they're trusted in this church, amen. Uh, glory to God. Uh, and, and if for some reason not, I would uh, yell at her later and, then, and, and you'd never know about it, praise the Lord. But I just wanted to clear that up and make that, that of course was a joke, but I, I wanted to make that uh, abundantly clear that, you know, she says this is kind of a way, it's a banter we have, amen, uh, when we say this. Is this okay? A lot of times I'll ask her, and, 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 and typically if I'm already saying it, it doesn't matter if it's okay because I've already, already started saying it, amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're excited to be in church tonight. Uh, you know, it, it's never, uh, it's, it never ceases to amaze me the lengths that God will do, go to, to get things over to people. Amen? He, you know, he's not moved by, by time. He's not moved by money. He's not moved by obstacles, you know, storms, uh, whatever. God's not moved by any of those things. But, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit real, real quick. This came up as I was in prayer, uh, just pre-service, or like as, as I was starting service, uh, about bigger pictures, amen? The bigger picture, and, and, and you know, that's really what all of this is, you know. Uh, the, the need, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, I talk about a pastor sometimes, and, and I hope that you understand that when I mention pastor, I'm not talking about myself. I'm not trying to inflate myself. It has nothing to do with that. Um, uh, the, 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 the office is much bigger than I am, and that office is designed by God. It's not anything that, that I've chosen or, or, or that I could come up with, amen, or any other man for that reason. Uh, but, but God does, uh, to, uh, he anoints people to be able to do things that they couldn't do before. Uh, and, and we, of course, we see that all through scripture, but the bigger picture is even about the local church. You know, we talk about the local church and the importance of it, but we should never get so prideful about our church that it's our church, you know, that, 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 that's doing it, because it's not our church that's doing it. We're all doing it empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and hopefully that's the way that we, we approach all things with God. And so every once in a while I just like to say something about these types of things because I want to just make sure that we're thinking right about it. Yeah. Amen? One of the things I've learned so much is that you can, think, you can be thinking about right things wrongly, right? You can have Christian thoughts that aren't godly thoughts. Amen? What I mean by that, I mean they, they, they go in line with our doctrine. Uh, in fact, a lot of churches do this. Most churches do this. I'll just say this. Let's, let's just get it out. Let's just, just lay it all on the table. All churches do this. Amen? All churches have something that they preach, some kind of doctrine, some kind of thing they're hung up on. We're all going to stand before Jesus someday, and he's going to surely instruct every one of us that we miss it probably in some area. Now, as long as we keep those areas fairly, fairly minute, I don't think Jesus is going to spend a lot of time on them because he doesn't want to just go after us and destroy us. You know, he does want us to get into heaven. Amen. And he's provided a way for us to get into heaven before we did anything good at all. And that's a wonderful thing. Amen. But it's good to keep in mind that we always do this through the, through, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Even, even, even our doctrine, the things that we hold to, uh, you, you know, uh, they, they, they stay in line with what the Bible teaches, of course. 
and, and, and we learn more about them being directed by the Holy Ghost. But there's a bigger picture in all of this, you know. Uh, and that's why it's important to connect to the right place, you know. I believe this about our church, that, 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 and I believe it mostly because this is what I walk out, but you wouldn't know that unless you, you're in my house and you watch the things that I do. But I believe that we endeavor the best that we can to be led by the Holy Ghost in all things that we do. And if you come to this church and you are connected to this church and you believe that this church is part of your life, uh, that God has brought you here, and the, you know, the, the, then there's a certain amount of faith you're going to have to put in that as well, which is why you typically sit in seats for a while, amen? If, if, if you indeed, I think everybody here has sat in these seats more than at least once. And so, so that being so, you know, you're, you're in a... Uh, 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 you know, a pretty good place of understanding. But, but we need to glean on that in, 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 because we all need God. We all need each other believing God that, we, that I'll get this out, amen, and that, that, that we'll get the things over that need to be said. It's important. Praise the Lord. Uh, because I can't do it on my own, and so there's, there, there is an aspect of all of us uh, thinking about the bigger picture. When we come to church, it's about the bigger picture, amen? It's about uh, the, 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 with the, work, the scope of the work that God has called us to uh, at large. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And so with that, I'll just start going in and getting into tonight's service. It's called Issues of the Heart. Praise the Lord. Glad you're excited about that, but we are going to be talking about issues of the heart a little bit, and, and, and I got, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, I've got an abundance of scripture. Um, I'm, some of them I'm going to probably rapid fire a little bit, so, so you'll, you'll have to write them down quickly and hear what we have to say about them, but they, they, they all kind of back up a similar point, and so it's not something that's going to be uh, too confusing. It's not going to be like, oh, I need to go back to that to get to the next part. My wife sent me a video today, a clip of a video that she wanted me to see, and, and, and and, I, and she said to me on the way here, she said, did you watch the video yet? And I said, no, I didn't get it yet. Uh, and I said, why don't you just play it, uh, you know, while it's more, because we're listening to it, it's more what we needed to hear. And, and she had just taken a clip of a video that was pertinent to things that we had talked about and had been talking about, some, some minister or something that she had found somewhere. And, and so uh, she wanted me to hear that. But where the clip started was in the middle of something. And the first time I listened to it, I couldn't get over not knowing what, the, what, what he was talking about. And I said, well, well, wait, 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 what's he talking about? And she said, it doesn't matter. You need to just listen. But see, even, even though she said that, I still had a hard time because I, I wanted to go back and listen to, why, how did I get on that? What I, uh, yeah, <laughs> issues of my heart, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Oh, I know, because I talked about rapid fire and just coming in partway through the conversation. You know, somebody's preaching a message and you're like, oh, geez, I needed all, all of that before. And so I have to go back and watch the tape. Or what did they just say? What was that scriptural reference? Have you ever gotten caught up in that? Or, the, or they give a scriptural reference and it's the wrong one. And then you turn to it and you're looking, you're like, and then you're trying to figure out what's the right one. And in doing so, you miss about 10, 15 minutes of the message. And then you realize that and you get back on board. You know, it's, it dawned on me that in any given message, uh, that people only hear so much of it, yeah. right? I mean, that's just the truth. You know, you know it's true, that you only retain so much of it. But I, I can't get over this. Every message I preach, every word that comes out of my mouth, uh, in, in my heart, every word that comes out of my mouth is the most important thing that needs to be said next. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And see, that's how good God is, is because he keeps feeding us with things uh, and bringing things to us and re uh, you know, bringing them back to light, Amen. 
praise the Lord. Uh, glory to God, hallelujah. Uh, you know, I recently got asked if, I, if I, I preach through the whole Bible, you know, every couple years or whatever, because some denominations do that. And, and I always hate answering those questions because when I answer them the way that I answer them, people automatically think that you're less spiritual. But I think that the reason that I answer it the way that I do is because the more spiritual thing is to do it that way, to not be on such a program that we are only preaching uh, what's next in line, but we want to be preaching though. This, this is my opinion, amen, and I'm not saying the other churches can't be effective doing those things, but uh, I, I don't just do that, and sometimes we'll stay on the same scriptures for a long time. Sometimes scriptures will come back up between both churches, back and forth, uh, but you notice every week there'll be a different message. And that's the interesting thing about the Word of God is that we can get different points out of it. And so it draws us back into it. The Holy Spirit leads me to different scriptures all the time, but not always for the sake of the message. Amen? Glory to God. And this is all, I don't know, I'm sharing it with you, but it's free, no charge. We're talking about issues of the heart tonight. Amen? One of the things we need to know, I have kind of two main points that I, I, I started with here, and that's the, the only way to be affected by the Word is to think right about it. And we have to understand that, 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 that we're in the areas that as Christians we fail, and this doesn't matter what, what, what flavor of Christianity you come from, uh, and I will even include me in this church as the pastor of this church and of the Mayville Church, and so I pastor churches, I also teach the word, but at the same time, uh, there's going to be areas that I fail over the years. There'll be areas where I'll miss it, and the reason that is, uh, always comes in, in in the same reason, typically, I, I think you can wrap them all up into this, is, is, is how we think about the word, how a person thinks about the word. When you, uh, and, and when, what that means is not just uh, do you accept the word, because most of us, I haven't met a Christian church yet that claims that they just throw the word out. We don't preach that anymore, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some out there. But for the most part, most Christian churches, whatever denomination you would go to, they all say the same thing. We preach the word, amen. I've had, I've sat at like round tables, so to speak, with, with other ministers, uh, ecumenical gatherings. And what those are is, you know, the, the, you'll, you'll have every pastor from the town get to, uh, one from each church get together and they'll talk about different things in the town or different things in the word or whatever and, and I, I really wish sometimes that there was more of that uh, because I think that we could find some more common ground that way Praise the Lord. Uh, but, but, but every one of them, every time I met with them, they all say the same thing. Well, we believe in the word. We preach the word. And so, it's, so if there's an error, so we know that not everybody can be right, especially if everybody's so different, right? Now, we can find common ground, and that's always good to find common ground. And as Christians, we need to learn how to find common ground with other true believers. Amen? But uh, the places where we don't find common ground are issues of the heart. They're issues with what we see in the Word or what we allow ourselves to see in the Word. We're going to get into this some. Amen? Praise the Lord. So... Uh, the, the two points that I want to share here that are so important when, we, when, when talking about thinking right about the word, number one is we don't have the option to interpret the word how we want to. Now, that can open a big can of worms, right? Because you, you open that can and you say, well, how do you know that you are? And the fact of the matter is, is I don't know every time whether or not I am. I'm assuming that I'm pretty right on when I'm preaching because uh, I've been studying and I've been doing things to do, you know, to get uh, in line with, uh, with the word and to be accurate. Uh, 
But there's certainly areas where I'm going to see wrong sometimes. And now these shouldn't be major doctrines. Of course, major doctrines can, can separate us, and, and, and that should. But in, in, in the nuances, the little things, you know, sometimes we're going to have to navigate through those. But we have to understand this, and this is important if we're going to navigate this correct, correctly and accurately. The most accurate Christians understand that you don't have options on interpreting the word. We don't get to do it the way we want to. We don't get to do it from an American standpoint. We don't get to do it from a white standpoint or a black standpoint or any other kind of colored standpoint. We don't get to do it. We don't get to interpret the word through our upbringing, through the, through, through the denomination we were raised in. Uh, you know, I, I, have, I come from a, a, a family of ministers. I have, uh, uh, and that's not what got me into the pulpit, just so you know because I wasn't going that way at all. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. In fact, I don't really know much about their ministries and how they minister, just except for very little uh, things that I've heard over the years or whatever. So I, I, it's not that I was raised in a, you know, one, I was just another one of the generation. It didn't happen that way. I kind of fell into it, you know, by accident and a push from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Maybe a few angels uh, helping out. I don't know. But uh, praise the Lord. So, uh, but, but we, we, we don't have option to interpret the word how we want to. We need to strive to interpret it the way God wants it to be interpreted. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. The second point that goes along with this is, in order to do that, we need to desire to be accurate above all things. And in order to desire to be accurate above all things, you have to be willing to be wrong in anything. In order to desire to be truly accurate, you have to be willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm always willing to be wrong, except for very few things. There are a few things I will tell you right now that I'm not willing to be wrong on. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came to this earth, lived as a man, praise the Lord, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, paid a price that I couldn't pay, took my place where I should have been there, Glory to God, these things. He's provided salvation for me. There's a lot of things that go along with that. Non-negotiables. Real simple. If we all agree on that, we can move forward pretty quickly. Amen? But there are other areas that do affect our life that are less, of lesser importance. I believe in the Trinity. I believe that God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are one. Uh, one uh, you know, there's one God and three persons. Glory to God. And I, I believe that with all my heart. But again... There's a lot of other things that can separate us. Most uh, mainstream Christian denominations, whether you take Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, uh, even, I think, Catholics, uh, at least in part, uh, you, you know, uh, Lutherans, Presbyterians. I mean, you just go down and keep naming names if you want to, but basically they all have those same principles in their, in their background, amen? But uh, where, where we come is, uh, where, where we can come into disagreements is in matters of, of the heart. And these are in the, uh, the, 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 the other things in Scripture. They are lesser important than salvation, but they aren't of no importance. And we have to make sure we understand that. 
while salvation is ultimately important, these other areas in life are very important to us and can be very important. And so we should desire to interpret them or to understand them accurately. Amen. So with that, let's go ahead and start in Romans 12 too. I don't think we'll be spending a lot of time here. We know the scripture. You all know that I know the scripture. You know that I like the scripture. But it, it says so much in it. And to be quite honest with you, I've pastored nine years now. I've been uh, uh, nearly nine years. Two of the, uh, five of those years have been in two churches. So I've met lots of different kinds of people. I've been to many different kinds of ministry functions and outings. I've traveled now around different places in the world, uh, uh, seeking the plan of God and working on the things of God and so on and so forth. I've been a Christian for most of my life. I've been uh, faithfully attending church for about 18 years. And I mean, when I mean faithfully, I don't mean just sitting in a seat. I mean faithfully attending church. I went to church. I served in church. I did things. I tithed. I, I gave on top of tithing. My wife and I both, obviously, we did this together. We uh, did whatever was needed to be done, you know, just the gamut. So it's so when I say faithfully in church, I don't mean I just showed up, amen. And and that is important for us to understand. But one of the uh, the, the things that I've understood in all of that time, and I keep coming back to in all of that time, is that Romans twelve two never even gets touched. It never even gets touched. Not really. We might start like heading like we're going towards it, but we don't really touch it. People don't really touch it. And this is something that we really, I shouldn't say it never does, but it's just not, not as often as you think it should. And so it's something that needs to be preached to us over and over and over again. Amen? <coughs> Praise God. Romans 12, 2. And it says here, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, <clears throat> by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what, that, uh, what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, we can come at the scripture from many angles, but the, the, the most important part that we are talking about, is, as far as tonight goes, is being transformed and not being conformed. Um, worldly thinking is a destructor in the church, and increasingly so. In fact, one of the number one uh, failures in the church that I can see as a pastor who watches things pretty diligently, one of the number one things is conformity to the world and rejection of the renewing of the mind. Yeah. And one of the greatest things about this is, is we are not told to renew the mind once. We are told to live renewing the mind. Over and over in Scripture, we understand that renewing a mind is a, th is, is a thing that God has called us to. In fact, I've learned this just in natural life, but it applies to our spiritual lives as well, that if we don't keep up on something, what happens? It falls apart. If you don't keep up renewing the mind, someone said it like this once, that you can't stop every bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Amen? But a lot of Christians, they just aren't even resisting anymore the temptation to, to uh, allow the nest to be made. They're just letting whatever bird to build the nest in there, and they're calling it God. And that's, just, that's something that we can go to the Word and we can prove. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, if we can't stand solidly on the Word, then we don't have anything much to stand on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I, I've seen a lot of goofy things out there in my life. 
I've seen a lot of crazy things out there in life. I've seen a lot of people that have had a lot of experiences. But I'm going to tell you right now that experiences cannot trump the Word of God. And if we allow experiences to trump the Word of God, if we allow things that happen around us to trump the Word of God in our lives, then we're already going to come at it inaccurately. Amen? We want to be as accurate as we can, and we have to learn that it's not in our minds, but it is in the renewal, the transformation in our minds, where God can be most effective in our lives. God is looking for that open door. We have to give it to him. We have to allow him access to it. But that's where it's going to be. Amen. If we are ever going to know what God's will is, we are going to have to think differently. Amen. Amen. Worldly thinking binds your ability for godly thinking. This is an issue I have seen in church my entire life. I started going to church when I was a young tot, just a little guy. My grandparents started taking me. And so I've experienced churches. I've been in many different kinds of churches over the years. But there is one vein of similarity between all churches. And I'd like to say that it's Jesus, but that's not the, vein, the main vein that we often see. The main vein we often see is worldliness that has gotten in there. Worldliness coming through people's minds. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but if you've had a thought this week uh, that, 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 didn't, that when you applied that thought and gave it a voice... And that voice went out there into the world and produced something. Uh, have you ever had a thought uh, that, that did something like that and the thing that it produced wasn't exactly what you wanted it to produce? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gotten yourself in trouble with the words that you've said? Yeah. Then you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, what happens is a lot of times we have this, this nice gray matter up here that we like to process things through, right? It's kind of a filter. And, we, and those, those, those things, actually, it's kind of a, just our mouth is really the filter, and we should use it as a filter, but we don't allow it to. We just kind of spray everything out there uh, often, glory to God. Uh, and and we, we have thoughts, and it must be God, because it's a thought. It came from inside, and it seems right. That's our judging process to most of our thoughts. It, it, it came from inside, and it seems right. Well, the Bible tells us that there's a way that seems right unto a man. Yeah. At the end thereof is death. And so we can't judge our thoughts or the things that come to us as spiritual because of that. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Now, there, there, there's a man that I've, I, I've, I've spent some time with and worked with. And uh, he hasn't been around in quite a while. And uh, this man was dealing with, you now I work with many people, so nobody would really probably be able to guess unless you know me personally, might not be able to even guess who this person is. So I, I feel safe in saying it, and I can say pretty safe that uh, he isn't watching here tonight. Uh, but even if he is, praise the Lord, you're going to get your help here in a second. Hallelujah. But this man would come to me, and I've actually been bold with him, and I've told him to his face. He's come to me, and he's like, ah, the Lord has told me this. I said, no, he hasn't. And a lot of people think that that would be arrogant to say that. See, you don't have to be arrogant. You just have to know the word. Yeah. I can know that something you're saying isn't true, even though you're convinced that it's God, because it doesn't line up with his word. We have to submit. The Bible tells us to bring all things into the obedience, all thoughts into the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Lines up with the word because he is the word. And if it doesn't line up with the word, it's no, it's no good. We can't accept it. And so when we have to be careful because Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. And he will certainly help you with thoughts that seem godly. They will seem spiritual. And in fact, 
A message that comes from a demon is spiritual. A message that comes from the devil is spiritual. It just isn't good spiritual. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's good spiritual. And we see this in the book of Timothy a lot that it talks about in the end times, especially as we get closer. We know we're at least closer than they were 2,000 years ago. So even if you think there's another 2,000 years, we're still closer. So in the end times, which we're, we're, we're heading towards them all the time, uh, in the end times, one of the things that will mark is people that think that they're spiritual, but they're not. Yeah. And so that should be a clue to us that if people are thinking they're spiritual and, we, and, and, and good spiritual things aren't happening, things like envy and strife, of course, all these things we know, and we're not getting into that tonight because I'm not preaching about that. But these are all worldly thinking, and we have to. The reason I'm taking the time here is because I want you to understand that worldly thinking is not such some weird thing like like just like spiritual thinking isn't some weird out there outlandish thing. It's all obtainable. It's right there. Worldly thinking is what naturally would come out of you. If you're predisposed to certain kinds of things, some people have certain kind of attitudes. I have a, I kind of have an attitude about me sometimes. And so a lot of times when I hear something, my first thought is worldly. But i got to do something with that, amen? And we're going to be talking about this. This is going to be helpful, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hebrews 4.12, I'm just going to bring it up here uh, because I am going to whip through this message, I know, quickly. Uh, uh, we, we recently, I recently preached on this when I was talking about being led by the Spirit, but it applies uh, to, to what I'm talking about here today again. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Glory to God. I know that that's a wordy scripture. I've tried to learn it before. It's so wordy I can't even memorize it. That's just, that's just where I'm at with it. Amen. I've worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. Finally I said, well, you know, I'm just spending too much time working on this one scripture, so I'm going to move on to something else, amen? Especially when I have a Bible, I know right where it's at, and I can go find it. And that's real helpful, amen? Praise the Lord. And so, so you may have heard me kind of, you know, uh, hack it up a little bit without reading it, but that's, that's, we can debate that at another time, amen? i got to get back on. But the Word of God is living and active. I, I said this before, and I've said, I'll say it again because I learned this about the Scripture. You know, I, I sat down with my charts and tried to figure out, you know, the division place and the soul and the spirit and what it all looks like and how it would happen and da-da-da-da-da. And I have, you know, circles and lines and straight lines. I even drew, I think I drew a road, Amen. Uh, so I could, uh, you know, so I could kind of visualize it that way. And, of course, I go through all that, and then I read, read some commentaries on it and realize that really this is just poetic in nature. And, and there's reasons for that. I'm not going to get into that, but there's reasons it makes sense that it's just poetic in nature. So we don't need to get hung up on all those little, all those words, amen? But we want to get the gist of what the Scripture is saying, the Word of God, and that's really what all of this is saying, the poetic nature of it, is to emphasize a thought. And the thought is, is the word of God is able to discern. That is the thing. That is the dividing line. That's the thing that cuts through all the garbage. It's the thing that gets in there and divides and, and does exactly what it's supposed to do. It sets aside, wait a minute, this is, this is a thought and intent of my heart. And this is a thought and intent of my mind. This is something that is worldly. This is something that is godly. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm going to bring up a real common phrase. And you're going to get excited about this. I know you're already getting excited about it. I already hear the oohs and ahs, amen? <clears throat> but this is a common phrase, and it's common in two types of people. It's common in people that are uh, trying to argue against the faith, amen? 
But it's also common in Christians a lot of times that are trying to purposely sin. Are you ready? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going I'm to get out of here. I don't know if any of you have said it. I have said it myself. So I'll just put myself right at the front of this line. Have you ever heard a person say, well, the Bible doesn't specifically say dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. People, people I, 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 I've heard it said like this. I, I, I use that as a generic. It comes in many forms. But uh, I, I've had people say this to me. I was witnessing to people and had them say to me, well, but Jesus didn't write the whole Bible. I, I had a discussion with a man actually in the Cory Church one day. We were having a conversation. I said, well, we were talking about this one thing. I said, well, it seems like Paul and Jesus said something different about this one thing. And I said, so how would you, how would you explain that? And he said, well, we'd go with what Jesus said. I was like, that's not true. You can't reject what Paul says because we're told that it's the word of God. If we reject what Paul says, this whole thing starts crumbling. If you say, well, Jesus was Jesus, so his word, no, because Paul was taught by Jesus. He was told by Jesus what to say. So the words that came out of Paul's mouth obviously matter. If Just because you don't understand why his words and Jesus' words in one place might not completely line up doesn't mean that Paul's word is any less. And so you can't use an excuse just because the Bible doesn't say it. One of the greatest areas that this is used in uh, today is, is in the, the area of homosexuality. And, and, you know, they're saying, well, Jesus never specifically condemned it. But, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, there's just a false narrative to start from. Just because Jesus didn't talk about it doesn't mean that it's not something that, that, that uh, is condemned in the Bible. Because the Bible certainly does condemn some things, right? It certainly does tell us a lot of things. We can't just take one scripture and build a doctrine on it. That is a dangerous thing to do. The, the, the other side of this, though, is, is we can't just take uh, what the scripture doesn't say and reject it. And what I mean by that is this. There is an obvious understanding that you get from scripture on a lot of things, even though it may not specifically say it. So we want to back our doctrine up with word, but when we say that, doesn't mean we have to point to, like for one time I had somebody ask me about tithing, for example. And, and, and they said, well, they were asking me what a tithe is. And so I was explaining what tithing literally is. And they said, well, where does it say that in the Bible? And I was like, it doesn't say it. We just know that that's what that word specifically means. It means this, dot, dot, dot. That's where the word comes from. But where does it say in the You're never going to find it. Where it spells it out, well, I mean, you could kind of, but uh, not, not connect it to the word tithe. Because the Bible doesn't work that way. You understand? It, it, it's speech just like we would speak. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. I'm not getting far fast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we are building on something. Yeah. What, what, why do I bring all this up and why is this so important? Because the Bible tells us do not be conformed to this world but be transformed into something else. You don't think like the world thinks. You think like the Bible makes you think, or shows you to think, or teaches you to think, however you want to say it. You get brainwashed. I mean, we can't say it any better way. I mean, a lot of people say, well, those Christians are brainwashed. Yeah, hopefully. Because we don't want to be world-washed. There's a choice. You can be brainwashed by the Bible, or you can be world brainwashed by the world. 
We don't want to be world washed. We want to be Christ washed. That's what, uh, you know, that, that, that's that cleansing power. That's that transformation that God wants us to have. But do you realize that the transformation doesn't happen just by putting a Bible? Oh, let's see if I get transformed today. Oh, I feel, I'm getting it by osmosis. Is that right? Where's Austin? I need Austin. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have to ask Austin tomorrow. He's, my, uh, he's the one that tells me I'm wrong in church. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Oh, wait a minute. No, let me do this. I mean, if it's Braille, this might work. If you, if you can read Braille, glory to God. I actually met somebody that had a Braille Bible. It astounds me, but they did. Uh, and they can read it, too. They understand it. That's amazing. Praise the Lord. But uh, you'll understand that the, the Bible doesn't transform just because you sit in church. It doesn't sit because, I mean, pastors just preached a really awesome message. I mean, that message was so good. I know you all had this conversation. That message last, oh, it was so good. It just changed my life. That message will change your life if you connect to it. If you allow it to activate things in your life. If you become transformed, if the message is, being, uh, is a holy message, if it's truly from God, hallelujah, <laughs> So you understand that there, there, there is a process of acceptance that we have to have as Christians, that we have to be reliant on the word for that transformation. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, there's so many arguments about right and wrong, and different, especially in today's society. We can, we, we can go right down the gamut of things that are right and wrong. You know how I judge? If, I, if I'm sitting in a counseling appointment between two people, you know how I judge right and wrong? By the Bible. I don't have to have the, the I, I go to the first thing. If there's two people that are sitting in front of me that are having issues, the first thing I know is that's not love. Yeah. And so I judge it according to love. That's, that, I mean, it's that simple. I don't even have to know what the issues are between two people. In fact, to tell you the truth, when I sit, whenever I've sat in a, in a, in a counseling appointment, where, where, and I've had some pretty interesting counseling appointments, you can ask my wife. We have, I've, had, I've had counseling appointments where I've been yelling at the top of my lungs. Those are a good kind. I'm just telling you, amen? We've, we've had all kinds of counseling appointments. But it always comes down to the same thing. The answer is the same thing. It's, it, 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 or the same few things. It's not hard. You, you know, and, and, and so we can, we, we can alleviate a lot of things just by knowing the word. When we know what, our, what, what is expected of us, when we know what God desires of us greatly, I'm not talking about, you know, does he, does he want me to go to Africa? Does he want me to go across the street? Does he want me to do, you know, I'm not talking about stuff like that. We, we'll never get to that stuff if we don't get to the basic stuff of learning how to walk as Christians are supposed to walk. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's simple. It's not hard. We can judge all things just by knowing a little bit of the word. He yeah. said, so, wait a minute. I, I, my heart judges me all the time. Yeah, I'm not judging you. I'm judging me all the time. That's how I know I can judge others. Yeah. Amen? You say, well, that doesn't sound very scriptural. Well, that's exactly what Solomon prayed for, and that's why God blessed him so much. Yeah. That's what I pray for, too. Yeah. But God isn't going to teach you how to judge somebody else before he teaches you how to judge yourself. That's the whole, you know, take the plank out of your eye yeah. kind of thing yeah. before you're trying to remove a splinter out of someone else's. Listen, the Bible doesn't say that you don't judge sin. It doesn't say that you don't look at sin and say, hey, stop sinning. And people's response is always that good Christian response, don't judge me. But you can't say don't judge me because that doesn't apply in that case. If you're doing something sinful, the Bible gives me every right to judge you. 
It doesn't give me every right to condemn you, so to speak, but I do get to judge. Praise the Lord. I get to judge whether something is spiritual or not. Amen. How am I going to judge if it's spiritual? There's lots of ways. I could, I, I could sit you down and give you lots of ways. To know if, I mean, you can, you can weed out so much garbage just by checking a few boxes. It's really easy. It's not hard. You know, when I, when, when I was, uh, you know, I, I was divorced and, and I, I, of course, uh, got remarried. But when I was in that period of time for two years where I, uh, uh, in between the, the uh, completely in between them, uh, you know, there was, there was opportunities to date for me. I wasn't uh, completely left uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the side and thrown away. But there was a few people that found uh, some kind of interest. Uh, but I had learned something by going through a, uh, a, a very bad failed marriage. And that, what, what, that, what I learned was this, is that I could know in a 10-minute conversation if somebody had any kind of potential whatsoever. Yeah. It was that simple. Why? Because I had been burned enough by my desires and my wants that I could look right past them and say, okay, let's just get to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Let's just go look at the truth. Listen, like, uh, like I'm hearing, because you know, it's like those things that a lot of people just kind of cover up when they're first dating, right? Yeah. Like you like the way somebody's face looks, so you don't care so much what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. You think, I can deal with that later. Yeah. But inevitably, you're going to deal with that later, amen? Praise the Lord. And so we all, we all have those kinds of things. But I could know and attend, and, I, and, and, and there, was, there was several times where I literally had these words, and they thought that I was crazy when I said it, but I literally had the, these words come out of my mouth. I'm not going to date you for this reason. In three months, we're going to try to be figuring out how to get out of this, but by that time, we're going to have so much, we're going to have emotions tied up in it, and you're going to have all this stuff, and now it's going to be messy, and we're going to be trying to figure out how to get out of it, so I'm going to save us the headache and the pain right now. We can be friends. That's where it stops. Yeah. Look, you're crazy. What are, you, what are you talking about? See, I was thinking beyond the emotional. I don't know how God gave me that ability then, because I don't always have that ability, but he did give it to me, maybe because he was preparing me for her. Amen? Praise God. But you understand, so there, there, there's, there's things we have to understand about the Bible. Glory to God. And there's, there's simple ways of being able to judge these things. Amen? But we will never do that. Ever do that. As we conform to the world. We'll only do it as we transform through the renewing of our mind. You know, if I need to know if something I'm about to do is right or wrong, it's real simple. I, I just start thinking about, can I do this with, before the Lord? Could I do this, you know, you know is, this, is this, out of this action that I'm taking, is it producing love? Is it producing, uh, is it producing uh, 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 forbearance? Is it producing godly effect in the world? Or are the actions that I'm taking working in reverse of that? Praise the Lord. You can judge a lot of things just by that. The, the steps that I'm taking about what I'm going to know whether or not they're right or wrong just by that. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6.14. That's 1 Corinthians. That's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 6.14. We'll read through verse 18. Now Paul is going to quote the Old Testament here, which is pretty awesome. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, 
These, this scripture has been used to, to do a lot of damage. <clears throat> when we understand what the heart of the message is here, it's not that we just reject unbelievers altogether. Of course, they're living in the world, they're doing bad things. A lot of Christians are too, but that's besides the point. But of course they're doing bad things. We don't use this as a, as a way of attacking them. But we do have to understand what the truth of this is, and that's that we are not going to allow what they do to influence our lives. And if it is influence our life, then it needs to change. Yeah. Glory to God. This is how, listen, this is how you build a church that is a spiritual church, is you get people to start understanding this stuff. And I'm not looking at you all like, so you guys are a bunch of idiots. You don't even get this. That's, that's not where this is coming from at all. This is coming from a heart of the things that are trying to attack and destroy local churches. I could preach this very well in any church in town today. I could preach it in any church in the country probably today. And it would be just as good and pertinent to them as it is anywhere. Amen? Praise the Lord. So don't feel like I'm just attacking you. There's some boldness coming out, but that's, that, that's not me. Amen. Praise God. Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship is light with darkness. Yes, you can use this for, for specific situations. Yeah, you don't want a Christian, probably shouldn't marry a non-Christian. It's, it's binding them together. But more so, it's about the influence that comes. Amen. Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Um, and, and really, what it's saying here is even if you don't know who this God or this demon or whatever it is is, it doesn't really matter. It's the idea of what, what fellowship does, does, does Christ have with something that's not Christ? Yeah. And, and that's what we are. We've been made Christ. And so what fellowship do we have with those, those things which don't produce Christ? Amen? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Again, it doesn't mean we don't have anything to do with unbelievers, but we have limited influence of them. Amen? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, because God is dwelling with us and in us, and he's walking around with us, he's doing what we're doing. Think about that. He's going where we're going. When we're saying something, he's there hearing it. Praise the Lord. Well, <clears throat> when you're driving in your car, oh, I've been convicted on this so many times, just for these reasons I'm preaching to you today. When I'm driving in my car and somebody's going 10 miles under the speed limit and I've got somewhere to be, or when I'm driving in my car and somebody cuts me off, although, I mean, I go through the same thoughts and I have the same things come out of my mouth. Fortunately, they're not swearing anymore. Amen. <laughs> I've managed to rid that, at least when I'm driving anyways. I typically try not to. Anyway, but you, you understand, glory to God, I'm not swearing at people or flipping them the bird. I, I heard this, uh, this, this, this comedian talking about it. It was real funny. He's like, what, what is it about a car that being in a car makes us, like, makes us think that it's okay to do the things that we do when we're there? Like you would never do, like you would never, like somebody, like you're walking in Walmart and someone makes you angry or something, you'd never scream obscenities at them and wish them death. Like, like people would lock you up for that, and yet for some reason we think that's okay in the car. Amen. But, uh, uh, but, but we have to understand this. What we're doing, Christ is with us. God is with us. He's watching this. Uh, and it says, therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Notice that. He welcomes those 
who have separated themselves from the influence of things that are worldly. And this is how we get transformed. Transformation, this is the most basic Christian transformation. If we don't get to this place, we don't go any further. And the devil knows it. The devil knows it. He can stop the church from moving forward effectively, not because they're imperfect, but because he has them consumed with thinking like the world thinks. They've rejected the mind of Christ. Now, you know that scripture, we're not going there today, but that scripture that says I have the mind, we have the mind of Christ. Some people like, oh, we have the mind of Christ. You know what that really means? That scripture, when it says we have the mind of Christ, it means like he's given us his mind. We understand his thoughts. We know what God is thinking because he's written them down for us. He's put his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We know what he's thinking already. We should know what he's thinking already. How do you diffuse a situation? You have the mind of Christ. What would Jesus do? That simple saying, I think we should bring that back. It's a wonderful thing. How would Jesus respond to this? How would he think about this? What would Jesus infuse into this situation? Or how would he diffuse this situation? Glory to God. You remember the ones that Jesus really went after hard? It was, it was the religious people. Listen, just because we don't think we're Pharisees, don't think that we aren't. Don't think that you're not. See, when you start justifying your life or your actions, when you start justifying your wrongs, using scripture to do so, what you've done is you've just entered into Pharisee land. You've taken upon you that same thing. That's exactly what they did. They used the word of God to their benefit for what they wanted and their attack when they wanted. They used that how they wanted instead of letting the word of God direct and guide them. You see, you can take this and you can make this say anything you want if you want it to say it. I've seen it happen. I see it a lot. But there, I've done it before. I'm just going to be honest with you. We've all probably done it if we picked it up and used it. We don't use this to attack people. We use this, we use this to guide us. We use this to lead us in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into, into the things, the fruits of the Spirit, not away from the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. He says, do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the, the Lord Almighty. And so that's brought back up in the New Testament. So why it was in the Old Testament brought into the New Testament. And so we see how it applies. We see the importance of it. Amen? Now I'm going to give you some scriptures that kind of go along with this. And these are the ones I was telling you about in kind of uh, quick succession, you know. Uh, but just write them down. If It would be good for you to go back over them later if you want. Hebrews 3.10. says, Therefore I was angry with this generation. Again, this is quoting the Old Testament. And said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they did not know my ways. This is talking about being transformed in the mind. Transformed, living transformed, is knowing God's ways. Being, uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind, it means that you put yourself in the place of knowing his ways. You say, I'm separating myself from the world, and I want to know what God's opinion is on this. I want to know how God looks at this. 
Listen, if you come for help, your, your question shouldn't be, your question should never be to a guy, if you come to somebody who is uh, as a spiritual leader or something like that, your question should never be, how do I fix this? Just like, how, you know, it, it's how do I think right? It should be, how, what's the word say about this? Not, not what's your opinion of this? How would you deal with, what does the word say? What, I want to know what the word says. I remember one of the times when, when, when I was struggling with something, I was struggling with the thoughts in my head because that's kind of the person I, I've always been, and I was struggling with these thoughts and dealing with these thoughts, and I sent my pastor a quick message. I said, do you have any scripture on, 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 uh, on uh, uh, you know, dealing with the mind or something like that? He knew what I was talking about because he knew I was, I was flaky out there, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And instantly comes back Isaiah 26.3. It was that simple. Great peace have those who, whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. Hallelujah. That's one version, but, uh, or maybe a mix of a couple. You know how I do. But uh, glory to God. But, but, but that's, that, that's it instantly was a word. But do you know that that scripture has stayed with me? Has stayed with me and has helped me in times of being lost, in times of thinking that I was, listen, I was a Christian who felt lost. But if I understand, I know that the Holy Spirit's within me. I know I have Jesus. I'm never lost. So that's the truth of the word. That's why I need to hear the truth. But then I need to yield to the truth. What is that? When I hear the truth preached, I don't get mad at the word of God. I embrace it. Oh, yes, that's where I was off. You know what God does every single time I get off? Every single time I, I still get off. If, if you can believe that, I know. Praise the Lord. You might have to counsel with my wife. But it's the truth. I get off every once in a while. Glory to God. And you know what God does? He takes me to Scripture. He said, there's, there's no, I mean, I don't get an angel that appears in my room. I, 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 don't, I, I don't have, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't rush in like a rushing mighty wind and, and come up. I'm not saying that stuff can't happen. I'm just saying it don't happen most of the time with me. Yeah. Not when I'm doing simple day-to-day -day things, when I'm being corrected by the Lord. I, in fact, I have a little bit of a hard time if somebody always is having spiritual experiences. Because my, my, my uh, this is, I, I, could I see this in the Word? I, I think I can. I think I point to it a lot in the Word. Again, I can't point to one scripture, but I can point to a whole bunch of scriptures to talk about it. I believe in spiritual experiences. I believe in, in the outpouring of the Spirit. I believe in amazing manifestations. I believe in miracles, signs and wonders. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe and Pentecost has not died away, but these, these gifts and these things still flow through the body. I just don't believe they flow near as much as people think that they are. I think that people are tapping into things a lot of times that have nothing to do with God, and how do I know the fruit doesn't line up with what God said it would produce? But see, that's the thing. If I lay hands on people, I do so with faith, but I do so with such, such fear, like reverential fear when I do it that I don't want to do it. I don't usually move on it until I know I have to. Praise the Lord. I, and then there's times, certainly the Bible has given us, that we can just lay hands on people. We don't have to have any kind of special unction or anything like that. We should get in, be in practice of laying hands and praying over people. That's a good thing. All of us should be. Somebody's sick? What do we do? First thing we start, oh, we start talking about the symptoms. Oh, man, that's, that's terrible. And you're feeling that way? Yeah. And I had this this one time, and I, you know, I felt this way for a whole bunch of times. Where's just laying hands on people and praying in faith? Yeah. Like every Christian can and should do that. Why? Because the Bible tells us to, right? Praise the Lord. Well, anyways. Amen. Um, 
but they did not know my ways. We need to know the ways of God. How does God operate? See, we don't even have to have scripture sometimes if we know the way God operates. Now, we'll know the way God operates through scripture, so I'm not saying throw scripture out. I'm just saying, like, have you ever been in a moment where you're like, I don't know what to do right here, and I don't know a scripture off the top of my head to answer it? What do you do? That's what the Holy Spirit's for. He'll tap in, and he'll remind you of the things that Jesus said. You might not verbatim know every single word, and that's fine. You don't need to know every single... People think that... If, the people who think if it has to be every single word, of, they're just more religious nuts. Yeah. It's got to be exactly... Well, if it was in this version and it's got to be said this way and it's got to be this thing, if you think that, you're just binding yourself. That's not godly thinking. That's not what he's... Like, listen, if he's... If, if God was going to give us one version that we had to have and only one version... He would have told us. How do we know that? Because everything else we needed to know, he told us. He did. He told us it all. He said this word. He, this word is good. This whole thing is good. Praise the Lord. And there, you know, talks about how it came together and stuff like that, but it's no less God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I got to move on because uh, uh, Melissa's making my time go faster back there. She got I see you got there's like a crank on that clock and she's just speeding it up. Praise the Lord. So we know they, they've not known their ways. They always go astray in their hearts. Where do they go astray in their hearts? Because they didn't take time to know his ways. And once they knew his ways, act accordingly. Amen? James 1.14. But each one is tempted when he is carried away by, and enticed by his own lust. Now, let me say this, women. I always include you on the good stuff when it just says he. So I'm going to include you on the bad stuff too. She can be enticed too. She can be drawn away and enticed too, amen? Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter, but look, look at what it says. Each one is tempted when they are carried away and enticed by their own lust. That's their own desires. It's the own, their own thing that's drawing them away. It's not, it's not oh, well, you know, you know, the devil me, the devil put this on me, the devil this, that. No, you were caught up in something, Amen? You ever looked at somewhere someone else? Somebody, this is what I hate about Christians too. This is another thing they do. This is a good Christian way of thinking that is taken wrong. They see somebody sinning. They see somebody stumble in sin. And the first thing they do is they start going to the attack mode. Well, you shouldn't be doing that because of this. But see, you just don't stumble in that area, but you do stumble in some area. And the fact that you stumble in some area should be enough, give you enough mercy on the inside to be able to look at someone else and say, you know what, let me try to see it from their point of view. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Listen, abortion is one of the hot topics of our days. I am completely 150,000 million percent against abortion, but I'm going to tell you right now. If I knew that a woman had one or was about to have one or whatever, I would have compassion. Why would I have compassion? Because there's something that is driving that woman to think that she needs to do that. And whatever that is, has got to be a horrific thing. Because any woman that could be driven to the point of doing that has been pushed to a place. For whatever reason. Now the reason might not be anything that we even understand. But we have to have mercy and understand. You know, as I mentioned homosexuality earlier. I believe the Bible is completely against that lifestyle. I believe it 100%. But if we're going to go out with pitchforks and start crucifying every, every person that, that, that lives a different lifestyle than we do, guess what's going to happen? They ain't going to heaven. We need to get people Jesus, let the Holy Spirit start work, teach the truth, 
but let the Holy Spirit work things out of pe those things out of people. Amen? Well, praise God. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That's why the thorn and Paul's flesh, I just think, doesn't matter. People have, there's all kinds of ideas of what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Fact is, it was a thorn. It was there. It was causing them issues. And God said to rely on his grace. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Well, that's free, no charge. Jeremiah 17, 9. Hallelujah. Survey says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Anybody who's ever fallen in love knows exactly what this scripture's talking about. Who can understand this? I don't understand why I'm doing this. I did things, when I met my wife, I did things I never could do. It was the Holy Spirit all the way. I'm telling you right now, I know it was. In fact, I had to, I had to get some qualifications later. I went to my pastor. I said, Pastor, how on earth could the Holy Spirit be doing this in me when I was living like the devil? And he said, he said something, and I believe this bears witness through the word, too. You can judge it if you want, but it helped me. He said, God will bless you today for things he knows you'll do in the future. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That is so good. God will bless you today for things that he knows you'll do in the future. Well, he must have known she was going to do something good because he blessed me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, the heart is more deceitful than all else. What does that mean? It's not This, this word heart... Glory to God, uh, literally means it's, it's the inclination. It's the seat of appetite and emotions. Yeah. And consequently, the, 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 one, the scripture I just read in Hebrews, in three, Hebrews 3.10, that quoted the Old Testament, praise the Lord, they always go astray in their heart. It's the same word yeah. uh, that it is here, although in the Greek it's a different word, but when it was in the original, amen. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. See, the heart will draw us to things, that seed of emotions, that, that those, those, those things that we desire, those lusts, those things drive us and pull us to things, to what we want to be truth. I've watched so many people get into relationships because the heart wanted it. And it was no good. It was something that was destructive, but it wanted it. And they would convince you up and down, left and right why it was God and why it was good and all this stuff to happen. The heart was just deceiving them. Yeah. See, what I'm talking about here is a way of thinking. Now, I know if you use some major things. You're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm married, doing good. I don't have that problem, whatever, you know. That, or, or I don't have this issue or that issue, you know, whatever. But here's the thing. It's always uh, th that th those emotions, those, those tendencies, those worldly things, those natural tendencies that are born within us are always calling to us and pulling to us. But if, if we don't put a stop to that, if we don't say, hold up, this, ain't, this, this doesn't line up with the word. And see, this is where I've, I see so many, um, I, I, I've got this video and, and I've, I've shared it. I haven't shared it for the sake of making fun of anyone or whatever, but I have shared it with just a, a, a couple of people because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to use it as a basis for judgment. And what I mean by that is this. Is this what we look like when we do this kind of thing? You know what I mean? It's not, it has nothing to do with the person. I believe the person is sincere, has a good heart and all that stuff. But it's a spiritual thing that's out of order. And I can tell you that it's out of order because it doesn't line up with Scripture. And the reason I know it doesn't line up with Scripture is because, and this person is not in our circles or anything like that, but every, single, uh, every time I hear of this type of thing, the Scriptures that they use to try to support it are not Scriptures that support it at all. I said they're not Scriptures that support it 
at all. In fact, the things that they claim have no foundation in Scripture at all. Except they might pull a word from here and a word from there and they put them together and say, this is what it is. That's a dangerous thing to do. And we don't want to be wrapped up in that kind of garbage. We don't want to be people that are like, I want real spiritual experiences. Because it's not the fake ones. You know, we can get people in the door through fake spiritual experiences, but we won't keep them. We won't change lives and we're not going to win the world. Hallelujah. I don't want fake miracles. I don't want the ones where, you know, oh, man, there goes the time. I was going to do this in 45 minutes today. Praise the Lord. One more scripture. My shield is with God. Psalm uh, 710, sorry. Psalm 710. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. So again, the one who has the inclination, the one who's, uh, who, or who's, who's uh, changed that to conf or transformed that through, through the renewing of their mind. I, real quick, I want to kind of finish with this, and this is the idea of how do we um, how, how do we bring this into a, a, a like a, a way that we all can can partake of? It's this: it's it's to not have a heart that is on anything but God, or that can be drawn away from anything but God. To weigh our, the things that we do and say, uh, and really, and I don't mean spending all day like, oh, oh my God, am I doing right? Have, have I done this right? Have I done that right? Oh, I, I think I might have missed it here. I think I might have missed it there. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about, you know, when you've, you've done something, or maybe you've come into a place where it's like there, there's kind of an impasse. You know what I mean? We've had so many experiences like this where, where, I, where you've said something and people just didn't understand it. They didn't get it. And, and maybe they've even gotten mad at you for the way that you said it. And, and you realize that there's tension there. And that tension is the first indication that something is out of whack. Yeah. That tension is the first indication that something isn't right. Because God's spirit doesn't lead in tension. It leads in peace. And so what that is to you is that's a place to say, okay, how, how do I act according to scripture yeah. as far as it's up to me? Yeah. I heard about this minister recently, and, and, and there was this other minister that, um, and, and, and I know of these, both of these ministers, and I was, we were talking about it. He wasn't talking bad about this minister at all, because I had actually asked him a question about some things I had noticed or whatever, and I just asked him about them. And, and this minister said this to me. He said, you know, we, th th this, this other uh, pastor and I, we go, they're both pastors. This other pastor and I, they're close together uh, in, in where they're at. This other pastor and I, we go back a long ways. A long ways in history, like we were both on staff at this church and then things happened and we were out here and then we ended up both being in churches and they were both connected to this other minister and, and uh, this, this, this one, the, the, the one that I was talking to, the other minister always thinks this other one is against him and always trying to do things to kind of thwart him. But he's thinking about it wrong because he's really not. He hasn't done things but the reason that he's thought that is because of what someone else does. Have you ever been accused of something because of something someone else does? Well, praise the Lord. We've all been there, right? And so he, so, so the, the pastor that I was talking to is completely justified. He isn't wrong. He isn't doing anything wrong. In fact, he's just trying to follow God and he's being sweet. And, and this pastor, this other pastor just keeps railing against him and railing against him and railing against him. And so everything in the natural would say, rail back, yeah. fight back. 
But this pastor, he just has a heart after God, and he doesn't want to, and he'd, he would say nothing bad about this other pastor. And what he kept saying was, is this, he said, I just, he said, I saw him at this one meeting, and, 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 and as soon as we made eye contact, he turned his head and tried to ignore me. And he said, so Lord, I want to be good to this man. He said, he walked up to him, he gave him a big barrel, and he said, I love you, I'm so glad to see you. And he said, he softened over the course of a few meetings, he softened up. But you see that, those actions, like, he had right to act a certain way, and be like, hey, you're, you're, you're a jerk, just, you know, just but bug off, or whatever, you know what I mean? He had right to act that way, but his choice was to try and act the best he could in love. And certainly hasn't been perfect in acting in love. He never claimed that. The point that I'm trying to bring up is this, is, is having that heart to, to, to go after God and to think the way God thinks, not the way the world. The world thinks revenge. Yeah. The world thinks fight. The world thinks tear someone else down and, and to, to justify your position. But you know, Jesus was so full of what he knew God had him to do. He stood before his accusers. And didn't even answer their lies. Because yeah. he knew what he had to do. It was, it, it, was no, it was no imposition on him to go to the cross, so to speak. Because he knew what he had to do. He knew that the cross was his destiny. So it didn't matter how he was going to get there. It was time. And that was his destiny. And it didn't matter if they were telling the truth or not. Yeah. He didn't even need to justify himself when he was being accused of complete, of complete lies. And those are the points that I'm trying to think. When, when we have interaction with the world, when we have interaction with each other, we have to put down carnality. We have to stop justifying doing things that are wrong and acting in ways that are wrong based on he said, she said, you said, whatever. We have to start doing things that, that, that are wholly focused on God and, and truly craving to do. Because the, 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 the outpouring, the things that he has, the greater works that he wants to do through all of us, he can't do that in people that are running around carnal. Now, if you read about the Corinthians, if you, if you take any time to study them, usually Corinthians are where we go to find out all our spiritual stuff. But you know the Corinthians were one of the most carnal churches. It was awful. It was awful there. I was reading some, some truths about that church and that town. It, it was awful. And the things that they were doing were, were not spiritual. So we, we, have to, we have to be careful when we do that. Let's not justify acting wrong. Let's act according to the word. Let's get it in us. What, what does God say about this? Let's truly start transforming our, our thing. And listen, I'm just going to give you a little hint, just in case you need to know. We're going to work on this till Jesus comes back. But let's work on it. We're going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. I'm still working on it. I get convicted all the time of things because I have a heart to be convicted. And sometimes I don't even want to fix them. Sometimes you don't want to fix them. But as we press on, as we press towards that goal and keep going and reaching for the things that he has for us, we'll be the ones that will. Amen?